journey to the Myrtle's plantation. As the early morning light filtered through my curtains, casting a soft glow across the room, I sat on the edge of my bed, a mix of anticipation and unease churning in my stomach. Today was no ordinary day in my career as a reporter for a local Louisiana newspaper. Today, I was preparing to embark on a journey that straddled the thin line between curiosity and fear. A journey to the Myrtle's Plantation. The Myrtle's Plantation wasn't just any historical site. It was infamous nationwide for its haunted reputation. Stories of ghostly apparitions, mysterious sounds, and unexplained occurrences had long surrounded the plantation, making it a subject of fascination for paranormal enthusiasts and skeptics alike. And now, I had been given a rare opportunity, an invitation to spend the night at the plantation's bed and breakfast to discover for myself whether there was any truth to the tales. I gathered my essentials, notebook, camera, and voice recorder, and couldn't help but wonder what awaited me. Would the night pass without any incident, or would I encounter the unseen residents rumored to roam the halls of the antebellum home? Thought was both thrilling and unnerving. As a journalist, I prided myself on my rationality and on seeking facts and evidence. However, the Myrtle's plantation challenged the boundaries of the explainable, inviting me into a world where history and mystery intertwined. With my bag packed and my equipment checked, I took a deep breath, dealing myself for the drive ahead. The plantation lay nestled in the heart of Louisiana, its secluded location adding to its allure and to the sense of isolation that many reported feeling upon its grounds. Today, I was not just a reporter. I was an explorer on the threshold of the unknown, about to delve into the heart of one of Louisiana's most haunting mysteries. A shiver of anticipation ran through me. What secrets would the night reveal? Only time will tell. The road to the Myrtle's plantation wound through the heart of Louisiana, a path ensconced by thick forests that seemed to whisper secrets of a bygone era. The deeper I ventured into the woods, the more the modern world seemed to disappear, replaced by an atmosphere thick with mystery and a sense of timeless isolation. The trees, draped in Spanish moss, stood like silent sentinels. Their branches swaying gently in the breeze, casting fleeting shadows that danced across the road. It was as if they were guiding me, leading me towards a place where the veil between the past and the present was at its thinnest. As I drove, a myriad of thoughts swirled through my mind. What would my experience at the plantation be like? Would the night reveal the truths behind the stories that had captivated so many? Or would the shadows keep their secrets hidden? The possibility of encountering something beyond the realm of the explainable both thrilled and unnerved me. I found myself caught between the skepticism of a journalist and the intrigue of someone standing on the threshold of the unknown. Finally, the dense foliage began to recede, revealing the majestic side of the Myrtle's plantation. The antebellum mansion stood grandly amidst sprawling grounds, its architecture a testament to a bygone era. The sight of it was striking, a beautiful relic of the past, yet imbued with an eerie quality that sent a shiver down my spine. Plantation exuded an air of solemnity, as if it were actually aware of its own storied history. The elegance of the mansion, 
with its tall columns and sweeping porches, contrasted sharply with the sense of unease that lingered in the air. It was as though the very grounds whispered tales of sorrow and secrets long kept. The beauty of the place was undeniable, yet it was impossible to ignore the undercurrent of mystery that seemed to permeate every brick and every blade of grass. As I parked my car and stepped out, the reality of where I was and what I was about to do sank in fully. I was at the Myrtle's Plantation, where history and legend intertwined, where the past felt as alive as the present. The air was heavy with anticipation, and as I took my first steps toward the mansion, I couldn't help but feel that I was about to cross into a world where the boundaries of reality were blurred. What awaited me within those ancient walls? Only time would tell, but I knew one thing for certain. I was about to embark on a night I would never forget. As I crossed the threshold into the main hall of the Myrtle's plantation, an inexplicable chill brushed against my skin despite the warmth of the Louisiana afternoon. The grandeur of the entrance, with its aged wood and antique furnishings, was overshadowed by an immediate and unsettling sensation of being watched. It was as if invisible eyes were fixed upon me, tracing my every move with silent curiosity. This feeling, unshakable and profound, draped over me adding a tangible weight to the atmosphere that made each step feel like a trespass into a realm where I was the stranger. It was in this heightened state of unease that I met John and Joanne Brown, the married couple who ran the plantation as a bed and breakfast. As we exchanged pleasantries, I couldn't help but notice the way their voices seemed to fill the space, dispelling some of the heaviness that hung in the air. I wasted no time in asking about the stories of hauntings that had made the Myrtle's plantation infamous. John and Joanne shared tales of ghostly apparitions and explained events with a matter-of-factness that suggested such occurrences were simply part of life at the plantation. They spoke of guests who had encountered the spectral residents of the house, of mysterious sounds in the night, and of the feeling of being watched that I had already begun to experience myself. Their recommendation to take a tour to learn more about the history of the plantation was an invitation I eagerly accepted. My curiosity now mingled with a sense of foreboding. Before the tour, I was shown to my room. It was a quaint old space that seemed to encapsulate the essence of the plantation's long history. The antique furnishings, the four-poster bed draped with delicate lace, and the windows that offered views of the shadowy grounds outside. All of it felt like stepping back in time. As I set down my belongings, the reality of spending the night in this room in this house teeming with stories of the paranormal, settled in. The thrill of the unknown was tempered by a whisper of apprehension at what the coming hours might reveal. Leaving my room, I made my way back to the main hall, where the tour was about to begin. The echoes of my footsteps on the wooden floorboards served as a reminder of the solitude that enveloped the plantation, despite the presence of other guests. As we gathered to embark on the journey through the history of the Myrtles, I couldn't shake the feeling that we were not alone, that the stories we were about to hear were not just tales of the past, but living, breathing entities, waiting to be acknowledged, waiting to make their presence known. John led us through the corridors and the rooms of the Myrtle's plantation, each step a journey deeper into the heart of its storied past. He began with the foundation of the plantation, constructed in 1796 by General David Bradford, a figure shrouded in the early mists of American history. 
As we moved from one room to the next, John detailed the succession of owners who had left their mark on the property, each bringing their own chapters of change and continuity, of prosperity and decline. The house itself, with its antebellum architecture and timeless elegance, seemed to whisper echoes of those bygone days, their air heavy with untold stories. The house itself, with its antebellum architecture and timeless elegance, seemed to whisper echoes of those bygone days, air heavy with untold stories. But it was the legend of Chloe that captured our collective imagination. John recounted the tale with a somber tone, painting a vivid picture of the young slave girl who, mistreated and desperate for acceptance, turned to tragic means in an attempt to secure her place within the household. Chloe was a slave at the Myrtle's plantation, her life one of countless others bound in servitude. She worked within the walls of the grand house, her days filled with the hard, unending labor that marked the existence of those in her position. But Chloe's story took a tragic turn, one that has left her spirit eternally woven into the plantation's history. The tale goes that Chloe, caught in a moment of indiscretion, found herself the target of the master's wrath. Fearing for her life, she began to eavesdrop on the family's conversations, hoping to glean information that might secure her position. But fate is often unkind, and Chloe was caught. As punishment, her ear was cut off, marking her both physically and spiritually for the rest of her days. Desperate to regain favor and perhaps driven by a deeper desire for retribution, Chloe concocted a plan most grievous. She baked a case laced with the extract of oleander leaves, a poison she intended to use to make the master's family ill. In her mind, perhaps, nursing them back to health would restore her standing, or at least spare her further punishment. Tragically, her plan went awry. The master's wife and two of their children fell victim to the poison, their deaths the heavy burden that Chloe could never have intended to bear. The other slaves, fearing retribution from their master and the possibility of collective punishment, took matters into their own hands. Chloe was hanged from a tree on the plantation grounds, her body later thrown into the Mississippi River, an act meant to erase her from history. But some of the stories refused to be forgotten. Chloe's spirit, it is said, still wanders the grounds of the Myrtle's plantation. Guests and workers alike tell tales of seeing her figure in the shadows, of hearing the soft whisper of her voice in the wind. Her presence is a palpable reminder of the past, a spirit unable to find peace. The tour concluded with a sense of somber reflection, the weight of the plantation's history pressing upon us. Yet there was a beauty in the sorrow, a complexity in the interweaving of the mansion's grandeur and its haunted legacy. Dinner that evening was a communal affair, shared with a few other guests who, like me, were drawn to the myrtles by curiosity and the lure of the unknown. Over plates of local cuisine, we exchanged thoughts on the history we'd learned and the experiences we'd had so far. The atmosphere was one of camaraderie, bound by a shared sense of adventure and mutual respect for the depth of the plantation's past. Conversations flowed from the factual to the speculative, with each of us offering our own interpretations of the stories we'd heard and the feelings we'd encountered since arriving. As the night drew on, I excused myself, feeling the weight of the day's revelations and the anticipation of the night ahead. The walk to my room was a solitary one. The 
mansion now quiet, save for the occasional creak of the floorboards underfoot, a reminder that, in a place as alive with history as the Myrtles, one is never truly alone. In my room, the reality of spending the night in such a storied environment settled in. Quiet was profound, a stark contrast to the bustling energy of the day. I prepared for bed with a sense of ritual, turning down the covers and laying out my notebook and pen, just in case the night decided to reveal any secrets. The glow of my bedside lamp cast a soft light in the room, throwing shadows that danced upon the walls with a life of their own. As I finally turned off the light and settled into the darkness, the silence enveloped me. My thoughts drifted back over the day's events, the stories of the past mingling with the tangible presence of the now. The legend of Chloe, in particular, seemed to linger in the corners of the room, a tragic figure caught between worlds. Lying there, in the heart of the Myrtle's plantation, I couldn't help but wonder what the night would bring. Would the spirits of the past stir from their slumber? Or would the dawn find me skeptical still, untouched by the supernatural? Only time would tell. And as I drifted off to sleep, I left my mind open to the possibilities, ready to embrace whatever mysteries the Myrtle's plantation had yet to reveal. silence of the night. A sudden knocking at my door jolted me awake. My heart raced as I sat up, disoriented by the abrupt transition from sleep to alertness. I hesitated, listening intently for any sound that might explain the disturbance. But the plantation seemed to hold its breath along with me. With cautious steps, I approached the door and opened it, only to find the hallway empty. Soft glow of the nightlights casting long shadows on the floor. A shiver ran down my spine not from the cool air, but from the unsettling realization that there was no one there. Trying to shake off the unease, I returned to bed, convincing myself it was just a dream or perhaps the house settling. Yet, no sooner had I settled back under the covers than the knocking returned. More insistent this time, it was impossible to ignore. My curiosity, mingled with the growing apprehension, propelled me out of bed once again. This time, though, I decided to explore the halls, a part of me driven by the need to uncover the source of the disturbance. Drawn as if by an unseen force, I found myself outside the room that had once belonged to Chloe. Standing at the threshold, I felt an inexplicable chill that seemed to emanate from within, the air within the room noticeably colder than the hallway. As I stepped inside, the sensation of not being alone was immediate and overwhelming. The hairs on the back of my neck stood on end, a primal reaction to the presence I felt enveloping the space. It was in this room, where Chloe's tragic story had unfolded, that I experienced a connection to the past so potent it was almost tangible. The atmosphere was thick with an overwhelming sense of sadness and despair, emotions so powerful that they seemed to transcend time, lingering in the air like a mournful echo of Chloe's fate. Then, the whispers began. Soft and indistinct, they seemed to swirl around me, words unintelligible, laden with emotion. My heart pounded in my chest as fear took hold. The sound of knocking now coming from the walls themselves, rhythmic and deliberate. Panic surged within me, every instinct screaming that something unnatural was at play. As I turned to leave, a movement caught my eye, a 
figure glimpsed out of the corner of my vision. I spun around, but there was nothing there. Only the empty room and the chilling certainty that I had just seen something, or someone, who was no longer of this world. The figure had vanished as quickly as it appeared, leaving me with a terror so acute it felt as though the air had been sucked from my lungs. I fled the room, my heart racing, the echoes of my footsteps sounding loud in the silent mansion. The experience in Chloe's room had shaken me to my core, the encounter leaving me with no doubt that the spirits of the past still roam the Myrtle's plantation. As I hurried back to the safety of my own room, the night no longer felt serene, but charged with whispers of history and the restless souls who had once called this place home. The mansion, with its storied past and spectral inhabitants, seemed to come alive in the shroud of night, its secrets lurking just beyond the reach of the flickering lights. The night stretched before me, an expanse of time filled with the palpable sensation of being watched. Shadows seemed to shift along the walls, and the faint, unmistakable sound of footsteps echoed in the hallway, suggesting a presence just out of sight. Despite my efforts to rationalize the inexplicable, fear gnawed at the edges of my mind, leaving me wide-eyed and restless. Eventually, exhaustion won over, and I succumbed to a troubled sleep. I was jolted awake by the sensation of my blanket being abruptly pulled from me. Heart pounding, I scanned the room, finding it as empty as before. The stillness was broken once more by knocking at my door, a sound now that seemed sinister in its persistence. With trepidation, I checked the hallway, only to find it empty, the mystery of the knocking unsolved. Driven by a mixture of fear and determination, I ventured once more into the hallways, seeking the source of the disturbances. As I passed a balcony, a movement caught my eye. A fleeting glimpse of a figure that vanished when I turned to look directly at it. Heart racing, I opened the door to the balcony, the cool night air brushing against my skin. Yet there was no one to be found, only the vast expanse of the plantation grounds bathed in moonlight, their beauty doing little to ease my disquiet. As I turned to head back inside, the distant sound of children playing reached my ears a haunting melody that seemed out of place in the dead of night. The moonlight cast eerie shadows across the lawn, transforming the familiar into the uncanny. Shaken, I retreated back into the relative safety of the mansion, my mind reeling from the night's experiences. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, the adrenaline coursing through my veins began to ebb, allowing me to drift into a fitful sleep. The mysteries of the night remained unsolved their answers hidden within the walls of the Myrtle's plantation. As dawn broke, the events of the night seemed almost like a dream, yet the fear they had instilled was all too real. Waking up the next morning, the events of the night felt like a distant, unsettling dream. The sunlight streaming through the windows offered a brief respite from the shadows that had dominated my thoughts. Downstairs, the aroma of breakfast mingled with the murmur of conversation, pulling me back into the realm of the living. Sitting with a few guests at the breakfast table, the night's fear seemed less immediate, dulled by the light of day and the company of others. I couldn't resist sharing my experiences from the night with John, who listened with an expression of understanding that bordered on expectation. His lack of surprise at my tale added a layer of authenticity to the plantation's haunted reputation. It was a confirmation, of sorts, that what I had experienced was not unique, 
but a part of the fabric of this place. After breakfast, John gathered us for a comprehensive tour of the plantation. This time we ventured beyond the main house, exploring the sprawling grounds and outbuildings that dotted the landscape. With each step, John unraveled the history of the plantation, not just its architecture and lineage, but the life of those who had called it home. We learned of the hardships and tragedies that had befallen its inhabitants, both free and enslaved. Their stories a mosaic of human experience bound by the common thread of struggle and endurance. The tour led us to Chloe's memorial, a somber, reflective space dedicated to her memory and the injustices she endured. Standing there, I felt a deep connection to her story, a poignant reminder of the plantation's dark past. The memorial, simple yet evocative, was a testament to the lives that had been shaped and often broken within the confines of the estate. It was a moment of profound reflection, an opportunity to confront the painful realities that had been woven into the history of the Myrtle's plantation. As we continued our exploration, the beauty of the ground stood in stark contrast to the stories of the suffering and sorrow. The tour, while enlightening, left a lasting impression of the complexities of history, of the countless untold stories that lingered in the air, like the scent of magnolias. The Myrtle's plantation, with its elegant facade and spectral inhabitants, was a place where the past was ever-present, a constant companion to those who walked its halls and explored its shadows. The experience of confronting the past, of standing at Chloe's memorial and hearing the stories of those who had lived and died on the plantation, was a powerful reminder of the enduring impact of history. It was a journey not just through the physical spaces of the Myrtle's plantation, but through the emotional and spiritual landscapes that defined it a pilgrimage through the heart of darkness and the light that made up its legacy. As the tour of the Myrtle's plantation drew to a close, the group of us found ourselves gathered under the shade of the ancient oaks, sharing our experiences and the eerie encounters that seemed to be a common thread among our stays. The air was filled with the soft whispers of leaves rustling in the breeze, a backdrop to the tales of the unexplained that began to unfold among us. One guest recounted a story of seeing a woman in period attire vanish before his eyes in the mirror of his room, her gaze meeting his in the reflection before dissipating into thin air. Another spoke of the sound of footsteps in the attic above her room, pacing back and forth in the dead of night, when no living soul was upstairs. Each story added a layer to the haunting ambience that enveloped the plantation, a mosaic of personal encounters that painted a vivid picture of a place caught between worlds. As we shared our experiences, speculation arose about the nature of the spirits that seemed to inhabit the Myrtles. Some believed that the ghosts were restless souls seeking justice or resolution for the wrongs they had suffered in life. The story of Chloe, in particular, was often cited as an example of a spirit who might be seeking to make her story known, to ensure that the injustices of the past were not forgotten. Others felt that the manifestations might simply be echoes of the past. Imprints left on the fabric of the plantation by intense emotions or traumatic events. These echoes, they speculated, were not conscious entities but rather residual energies replaying moments of their lives over and over, unaware of the present. Conversation was a blend of curiosity, fear, and fascination. As we grappled with the idea of coexisting with entities from another time, the very notion that we were staying in a place where the veil between the past and the present seemed so thin was both thrilling and unsettling. The Myrtle's plantation, with its beauty and its sorrow, 
seem to hold us in a state of rapt attention. It's stories urging us to look deeper, to question the nature of existence and memory. As the evening approached and the shadows lengthened, the plantations seemed to whisper secrets on the wind, inviting us to listen, to observe, and to wonder. The ghostly residents of the Myrtles, whether spirits seeking justice or mere echoes of the past, had left an indelible mark on all who passed through its gates. In the gathering dusk, the line between the tangible and the spectral blurred, leaving us in a liminal space where anything seemed possible. As the day began to fade into the soft hues of dusk, I found myself wandering the grounds of the Myrtles' plantation once more. The twilight hour, with its gentle transition from day to night, seemed to cast the plantation in a different light, one that softened the edges of its haunted reputation and allowed for a moment of quiet reflection. Walking along the gravel path, I pondered the layers of history that saturated this place. Each step seemed to tread over stories untold, lives they had unfolded in joy and despair within the confines of the plantation. The air around me felt thick with the weight of the past, the sorrow for the tragedies that had occurred here mingling with a strange sense of peace. It was as though, in this twilight hour, the spirits of the plantation were at rest, their stories acknowledged and their presence accepted. The whisper of the wind through the trees carried what sounded like voices, faint and indistinct, as if the plantation itself was speaking. I paused, listening intently, trying to discern words or meaning from the ethereal sounds. The experience was both eerie and mesmerizing, a reminder of the thin veil between the past and the present that seemed particularly porous at the Myrtles. As I continued my walk, the sensation of being watched crept over me once again. It was an unsettling feeling, one that had become all too familiar during my stay. Shadows cast by the setting sun seemed to play tricks on my eyes, creating forms that weren't there when I looked directly at them. My heart rate quickened, the tranquility of the moment giving away to a renewed sense of nervousness. Despite this, I couldn't help but feel a deep connection to the place and its history. The Myrtle's Plantation, with all its beauty and sorrow, had a way of drawing you in, of making you part of its ongoing story. Twilight Walk became a journey through time, a bridge between the world of the living and the echoes of those who had come before. As the last light of day disappeared, leaving the plantation shrouded in the soft glow of dusk, I realized that my time here would soon come to an end. The experience had been even more profound than I could have anticipated, a journey into the heart of the unknown that would stay with me long after I left. The Myrtle's Plantation, place of beauty, tragedy, and mystery, had revealed its secrets and whispers on the wind leaving me forever changed. As I turned the key in the ignition, preparing to leave the Myrtle's plantation behind, I was enveloped by a profound sense of having connected with something far beyond the ordinary. The experiences of the past days had woven themselves into the fabric of my being, creating a bond with the history and spirits of this place that was indescribable. It was as though I was leaving a piece of myself behind, forever intertwined with the stories of those who had walked these grounds before me. The drive out of the plantation was shrouded in darkness, the thick Louisiana woods pressing in on either side of the road, their shadows deepening the sense of solitude. The feeling that I was not alone, that someone or something 
was accompanying me on this journey lingered in the air, a whisper of presence that raised the hairs on the back of my neck. Reflecting on my stay at the Myrtle's plantation, I was struck by the haunting beauty of the place, a beauty that was as much part of its allure as the ghost stories and legends. The experiences I had, the sensations of being watched, the unexplained phenomena, and the moments of connection with the past had left an indelible mark on me. The Myrtles was not just a location I had visited. It was a chapter of my own story now, a profound encounter with the unknown that would resonate with me forever. As I drove through the night, my headlights suddenly illuminated a figure standing far ahead on the road. It was a woman, dressed in what appeared to be an outfit from another era. Her gaze locked on me as I approached. The sight was so unexpected, so out of place, that I slammed on the brakes, my heart racing. When I managed to stop the car and open the door to check, the road was empty. No sign of the woman or any indication that she had ever been there. Shaken, I stepped out of the car, scanning the darkness for any sign of the mysterious figure. But there was nothing, only the night and the quiet. The terror of the moment was palpable, a chilling end to my journey at the Myrtles. Hurriedly, I climbed back into my car, the desire to leave the enveloping darkness behind growing with every passing second. Leaving the plantation, I carried with me the memories, stories, and emotions that it had invoked. The Myrtles plantation had a profound impact on me, opening my eyes to the depth of history and the shadows it cast into the present. It reminded me that certain places hold more than just physical beauty. They hold echoes of the past, whispers of stories that refuse to be forgotten. Sitting at my desk, the glow of the computer screen casting a soft light in the dim room, I began to weave the tapestry of my experiences at the Myrtle's plantation into words. The task of encapsulating the depth of emotion, eerie encounters, and the profound sense of connection to the past into a newspaper article feels daunting, yet necessary. It is a story that demands to be told, a chapter of my life that has left an indelible mark on my soul. As I recount the events, from the initial sense of anticipation to the chilling encounters that punctuated my nights, I find myself reflecting deeply on the history of the plantation. The Myrtles is more than just a historic site. It is a nexus of human experiences, a place where joy, tragedy, and the unexplained intertwine. The stories of those who lived and died there, from the tragic tale of Chloe to the countless unnamed souls who walked its grounds, are etched into the very fabric of the place, whispering to those who dare to listen. In writing my article, I extend an invitation to the reader, not just to read about my experiences, but to venture into the heart of Louisiana and explore the Myrtles plantation for themselves. It is an invitation to step beyond the veal of the everyday, to confront the mysteries that just lie beyond the reach of our understanding. The plantation, with its haunting allure, offers a unique opportunity to ponder the complexities of history, the nature of the afterlife, and our own place within the tapestry of time. For those who are drawn to the allure of the haunted, the Myrtle's plantation represents a journey unlike any other, a journey into the shadows of the past, where the echoes of bygone lives linger in the air, it is a place where the line between the past and the present blurs, where the spirits of history make their presence known, inviting us to listen, to learn, and to reflect. As I conclude my article, I realize that my time at the Myrtle's Plantation has changed me, 
broadening my perspective on the paranormal and deepening my appreciation for the complexities of human history. The Myrtles is a place where stories live and breathe, where the echoes of the past reach out to those who walk its grounds today. To explore the Myrtles is to embark on a journey into the heart of darkness and light, to confront the mysteries of life and death, and to discover the haunting beauty that lies in the shadows of our world.